We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. Brian Duff was on Friday morning with Howard. I was there as well, filling in for Jeremy. So we're going to play you back, Brian Duff, from yesterday morning. We're going to continue with our hockey talk today, and we're going up to Montreal. Special three-hour show once again for Sabres Live today. Brian Duff, Marty Baron from Montreal, day two of the NHL draft. Mr. Duff is joining us right now. Good morning, Mr. Duff. How are you, sir? No, I was simply mocking Marty because his voice is fading, you know, so far this week. So, yeah, I had to I had to join in. But I, honestly, it, it's been it's been it's been a really interesting week, and I'm glad you <laughs> let in there with James Patrick. I think um, we 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 were lucky with where we were kind of stationed last night at Bell Center that we were in the highest area of traffic including for, you know, the hockey world coming in, you know, members of teams and, uh, you know, scouts and, and obviously, you know, junior and, and AHL personnel coming in and out of the building. And, and we saw James really early um, before the draft started. And I know Marty had a chance to talk to him, but there was just, it was funny how it all played out with Matt Savoy because James kind of entered the building looking like someone who was pretty proud of, yeah. you know, um, the team. Obviously, Winnipeg Ice were, were a terrific team in the regular season, lost in the third round. You know, Matt Savoy had a, a shoulder injury before that playoff run was all said and done. But it, it was it was almost as if James knew, you know, that, that Buffalo was really looking at Savoy, and I think there was just an immense amount of pride for the former Sabre as he then walked out of the building three hours later, and we were witness to that, too. The um, uh, the picks, we want to get to that. And, uh, by the way, you 
mocking Marty, you could have stopped there. I didn't even need an explanation as to why. You could have just said I'm mocking Marty, and I would have signed off on it. So don't, you know. No, I got to be careful, Howard. Like you said, we got three hours to go today, so uh, I, I'm. He might be down to a, a, a you know, he, he's on a limited pitch count today. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh wow. So uh, so we we might be you know. We might have to pull some strings and, and get through this three hours today, but no, wow. all good. He, he was a trooper. Got to be honest with you. The guy who loves to talk more than anybody else I've ever met, having no voice and not being able to talk is one of the most ironic slash funny things I've ever heard. All right, let's move on, though. Let's let's get your thoughts real quick, Brian, on each of the three guys. Let's start with Matthew Savoy, uh, you know, uh, from what you read, what you heard, all that stuff. What do you? Let's get your thoughts on the first pick the Sabres made. Well, I, I think there's there's a few things to remember. We're coming out of a pandemic where these players, in some cases, had very limited opportunity in the in the past year or more. And you know what what Savoy did was was play in the USHL, make the All Rookie Team. That was. You know that was obviously not expected. Uh, it, it was should have been you know ultimately two WHL seasons in the books uh, mm-hmm. at, at a full level, and for him to come in and then lead the the Western Hockey League uh, among rookies with his 90 points, I just it, it kind of speaks to the path that he's on, the consistency, the stepping up, and um, and obviously you know his brother was drafted by Edmonton a couple of years ago, so and just came up with another excellent offensive season at University of Denver. So we talk about it often in hockey. There, there's bloodlines. There's just, um, you know, kind of that belief that they're on the path and they know what to expect and the pressures that come with those expectations. Um, and I, I think Savoy just, just met them fully. And even just something as silly as, and whether I'm taking this too far or not, um, I, I love the fact that, you know, he, here's this kid that was so confident, comes up on the stage. He's got this suit that is, is <laughs> it kind of looks like Sabres Royal Blue, right? And, yeah. and he's got this, this liner inside his suit jacket on his vest that has a saber-toothed tiger. You know, you, you, have to, you have to kind of put it all together, know that there's this strong recommendation from james patrick Mm -hmm. but all the while as we say this howard it's it's the luck of the draw in the sense of how was your draft board looking and and how does this player end up going to buffalo and if detroit doesn't take casper right before i don't know if we're talking about matt savoy to the buffalo sabers at this point in time but uh, it's well earned put it that way at his nine at the nine position and I, i just think that the beauty of where they're at right now, you're not you're not forcing, so to speak, your top draft pick to come in, turn pro, right. and and somehow find a way. So there's there's less of that worry right now as opposed to the past few years when people were saying, and rightfully so, immediate help. We need him. We sure. got to get him in there. Let's see what happens. And that's not what Kevin Adams. That's not how he operates now. Anyway, they're very patient with their prospects. Now, the second guy they take. After he's taken, tells the media, yeah, I think I'm going to play one year in Sweden and I want to like look to sign next summer. So let's talk about Noah Oslin, what he might bring. Yeah, it was pretty funny because, you know, he, I believe contractually has a couple of years to go. But I, I think those moments um, and realities in some cases are lost 
uh, or easily forgotten, let's put it that way, when you're in the player's shoes. And there's just such an excitement level. And I just think that, you know, what turned out to be really interesting to me and, and presumably for anyone that follows the team is they, they chose three centers. And whether, again, it, it, it's just fate based on how their draft list looked. Um, I just think that they're, they ended up taking three players who are coming off of just like, you know, career, I wouldn't even call them benchmarks. I mean, it's almost like an exceeding of expectations. And, you know, with Austin, it was just that terrific world junior under 18 tournament where he, he shone for uh, a, a gold medal winning Swedish team the playmaking is is so impressive with this guy there's obviously a lot of room physically to grow in the case of Noah but I think that the desire um you know to to just live up to that hype and and be part of this winning group um with Sweden was really impressive and I think we when talking with Chris Baker last night, because he was our draft analyst for our, our, our coverage that we were doing online, um, he really gave Austin so much credit. And I, I think it was more Chris's reaction to the pick based on, obviously, the, there are so many wild projections based on, you know, how kind of all over the map this first round could be. Mm-hmm. He was genuinely excited that Austin ended up going higher on his list and many others lists at 16. And, and while that can be a common phrase, uh, I do think, you know, this was a, a true case of that, but it, it lines up very much with some of the behind the scenes rumblings we were hearing in the previous two days. So again, you look at who was taken in, let's say the you know, the two or three or four picks immediately in front, there were definitely some surprises but it didn't it, – it was beyond a pleasant surprise, let's put it that way, for Oslin to come in there. He's, look, he's a, he's a guy that, yes, has great vision, but he's a, he's a problem solver out on the ice. And, and there's obviously physical room to grow, as is most often the case with these players. But whether any of these three centers turn out to be definite middleman guys or they end up moving to the wing, mm-hmm. I just think it gives, it gives great – you know, opportunity and, and op- opportunity for the players, but options for the organization. Yeah, we you know, before we get to Kulik, we were talking about that with Paul earlier, Brian, because you might have been looking at the draft going center, center, center. Like, first mm-hmm. off, where are the defensemen or why centers? You got Thompson, mm-hmm. you have Krebs, you have Cousins, you have Middlestat, you have Gergensons, you had Eakin, whatever. They've got centers. But the nice thing is, not only are the guys they drafted last night, you just made the point about flexibility. The guys here have the have all at some point played wing and center. So there's flexibility of the guy. It's not like they, they took three picks and you're like, well, wait a minute, they're locked in at four centers going forward. No, they can just move some of those guys to wing and improve your overall depth among your 12 forwards. Yeah, and it's a varying timeline, obviously, when you're sure. play, taking sure. players from different leagues and uh, different times that you have to present a contract and bring them to North America and things like that. So uh, I, I think it's... You know, the beauty of draft capital, as they like to say, is you've got eight more today, and you then take stock of not just what you have organizationally. And there's no question this group is going to need defense 
for Rochester. And there's a challenge there. They, they don't have a lot of people graduating into that pro position beyond what's on the NHL roster this year. So I, I think it's going to be not today per se, but next week when free agency opens, um, a significant focal point is going to have to be what do they do beyond the NHL level? Right. And how do they maximize, you know, kind of cost um, per player at the blue line position? You've got a Scarry Laxanen from a prospect standpoint ready to take on a bigger role, but you're going to have to utilize free agency to retain some of the veterans that they had there this year and or go out and find other ones that are, you know, not just decent players to, to help, Seth Appert's group, but you know, kind of you know maximizing the the dollar figure. I mean, we've gone through an era, Howard, where there's been so much trial and error. There's been overspending um, in some cases, player specific, you know, at the NHL level, but also at the AHL level. Um, guys that were brought in, it's like, yeah, they'll get close to a million dollars in the American League. Well, those. There, there aren't a lot of teams operating that way anymore. You, you have to, you have to find players um, that you can incentivize with a with a two way deal. Uh, that would then mean, you know, they come to Sabres camp, they have to clear waivers ultimately, but that AHL salary is going to be a little bit lower and and more palatable from a you know just from a cost of doing business standpoint for the Sabres. So uh, I, I, I'm really intrigued because I I think. What happens typically is you don't pay attention to the veteran AHL defense, so to speak. Everybody's enamored with the prospects. But what ha- what helps the team down there is players that are willing to perform and just continue for the love of the game, so to speak, knowing that their reality at the NHL is, you know, it's closing, quite frankly, as they become 26, 27, 28 years old. We're winding down our chat here with Brian. I wanted to ask you about Kulik before we let you go. And I was thinking a little bit about Kulik when you were talking about Oslin and Chris Baker and, and, you know, surprise and rankings and all this stuff. And I know, you know, every, every GM at some point in their life has probably said a guy they drafted, we had higher on our board. But Kevin Adams said that last night. He seemed really excited about Kulik being there at 28. What's the word on Kulik? Yeah, I mean, all I needed to know, and, and, and you kind of – reference this right off the top we spend so much time watching the nhl the ahl i always defer uh, at this point in time to people that have way more viewings of these players at the junior and uh international levels so it was more about what craig button to me mm-hmm. said about yuri Kulik and his and this was you know weeks ago when we, we had the opportunity to sit down with him he, it's unprompted. It's a long, descriptive answer <laughs> from Craig about the the player that it, he is reminded of in Yuri Kulich, and it's not to draw a, a direct line to, but he loved, and I think he knew, like Craig and I worked together so much in the in the previous years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a feeling he remembered that I loved Patrick Elias of the Devils, but. Craig really loved Patrick Elias of the Devils. And I think that he came through an era, and based on the team that he was playing for, nobody wanted to, you know, love the Devils because they were coming out of that defensive-minded hockey. But Elias was 
he was always in the conversation, you know, kind of just sometimes barely in the top 10 in scoring, but usually just outside of it. And and I think that the, the offensive instincts, but the weapon that this kid has is a shot, but more so the overall game and Craig's, you know, mindset, meaning like he's always going to be in the battle. And I think with Coolidge, as much as anybody else, like the body type looks like, when he fills in, it's going to be super impressive. And you add that to a deadly accurate shot and the determination that comes with his game already, uh, not to mention an MVP, MVP performance uh, at the under-18 tournament. There, there's just there's some really cool notches on these players' belts based on the seasons that they had. And, and, and Coolidge at 28 is just kind of ridiculous in, in that sense because – during a tournament where he was so good and had so many eyes on him, I think it's fair to assume that he would have gone a little bit higher. So very cool for Buffalo to have been able to stare at that name and see it fall right to them at 28. Brian, final thing for you, and that uh, goalie. And I'm sure uh, as you guys do your show and you hear from fans, you're probably seeing the same and hearing the same responses. Goalie is on the mind of pretty much every Sabres fan. Like, number one on the list, who are you getting, what are you doing? They tried to make the trade for Matt Murray. It didn't work out. He he decided he didn't want to come here. Is there a guy you like? Uh, as you, you and know. Marty have talked about it, free agents, trades, is there somebody you'd like to see the Sabres get? Well, I have a bunch of guys that I'm really, you know, I would be quite happy with that kind of straddle that line of uh, 1C or high American Hockey League level. I don't know what's realistic or what name exactly that I'm looking at as far as a complement to what they already have in Lukanen and Anderson. Um we discussed it yesterday uh, a number of times. If our friend Scott Burnside from Daily Faceoff was on, and he's been around this game so much and worked, you know, not only on a national level but with certain club teams over the years. And I know he's got terrific insight um, with organizations, specifically like Washington and the Dallas Stars. So when when we brought up Braden Holtby yesterday. There was a real, and I, I've kind of always seen Holtby as a guy, especially now that they brought Anderson back, as, as someone that you're not going to ask to play 50, but okay, let's say 25, 30. This could be really nice in an ongoing, you know, evolution of the of the goaltending picture, and not put too much on Lukanen's plate. But you know, Burnside suggested that that the health issues that plagued Braden last year might not be in short order, corrected enough for him to be part of this equation, and maybe even long-term might not allow Braden Holtby to be what we've seen from Braden over the years. So moving off of a veteran presence like that, I just think it's, you know, follow the musical chairs. It, it, it's it's really going to come down to that. Um, obviously, Darcy Kemper, not that he was ever out of the market, but he's clearly in the market now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a big domino that will ultimately fall and affect what happens on July 13th and 14th. So, uh, you know, I like I like the, the season that was put forth by Charlie Lindgren. We've talked a lot about that on the show. Um, St. Louis, small cameo, 28 years old. He's been through it. More so strong AHL season and AHL playoff. But I don't think that that's the, you know, you don't want to be banking on 30, 
starts from Charlie Lindgren at this point in time. So um, not that he's not motivated, not that he's not capable, but I, I think there's a lot of guys that are in that window that might be best suited as high-end American Hockey League. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. I think Eric Comrie's been an interesting name to, to focus on from the Winnipeg Jets too, based on the fact that he got some, some good reps behind Connor Hallebach and is deserving at a slightly younger age than Lindgren of perhaps that next step. But it, it, it's hard to imagine somebody coming in with a, a really, really, really strong proven track record at the NHL at this point in time. But again, this is maybe this is the day where you not only look deep in the draft to draft somebody, but maybe you make a bold move and shed some of the picks that you have right now, which is eight going into today and, and, and utilize that for a more, let's say, longstanding number two goalie in the NHL. Mr. Duff, always nice chatting with you. Always nice talking hockey. Uh, tell Marty, tea with honey. That's what I've always been told with a strained voice. Tea with honey. Well, based on the fact that we thought we had seen the last of Marty last <laughs> night, and then when after packing away some equipment, we came into the hotel and we're going in the complete opposite direction of Marty because I know his good buddy Jean-Luc Grandpierre was, you know, in the area. Um, yeah, it's a wait and see with how Marty's going to sound today. Well, uh, we will be listening for three hours worth today. So have fun on the show and enjoy the rest of the draft in Montreal. For sure. Thanks, Howard. Thank you, Brian. Brian Duff uh, and Marty will have Sabres live uh, at noon today. Again, the second round begins at 11. That was Sabres Live host Brian Duff. Here is Sabres general manager, Kevin Adams. Supposed to make 15 trades by now. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Keeping you guys excited. Well, day two. I feel good. It was a big day for us. Um, you know, we met last night after we got back to the hotel and uh, as a staff and decompressed a little on how, how last night went and then quickly turned our attention to today. Um, you know, we had a plan. Obviously, the work was done, as I mentioned yesterday, for, for a long time going into the draft. And then, as you know, as you get on later into the rounds, you, you know, me personally, what I'm looking for is passion from our, our area scouts, um, attributes that, you know, maybe there's something um, that really jumps off that they could, you know, turn into an, uh, an NHL player. And we think we found that. Uh, we're excited. And uh, we like Sweden. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you prioritize a goalie on day two? Well, yeah. So Lance, uh, you know, our plan all along going into this draft was to was to draft a goalie. Um, what what I wanted to just see how it played out is where and when. Um, as the, as it played out this morning, or yeah, this morning, um, and we got to pick forty one, we felt strongly that this was the time to make it. Um, really feel that there's a there's a huge upside uh, with our goalie there. He's a big kid. Um, really showing signs of being, um, you know, a high-level goaltender that's going to take time to develop. But, um, 
you know, it's good to have options and you want depth in that. Um, and, you know, that's why I said for all along it was it was in our plans to draft the goalie this year. Is there anything to read into that with Eric Bertolt? No, no. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a goaltending position. You want to make sure you, – you, you guys hear me talk about pipeline all the time. You want to make sure you have pipeline – um, you have flexibility and options moving forward, and, and you know when you're drafting young goaltenders, there's a there's a long path, you know. So for us, that's just normal to part of our process. What did you think of, of Lindgren? He was the one guy we talked to, and you know he's got a good you know, family background. He's going to be in the Memorial Cup next year. What was your thought of him? Well, we, you know, that's I'm sure most people say this, but uh, we were pretty surprised that we were able to get him where we. We, we did. Uh, we see a really um, smart, talented player, poised, um, you know, a little bit undersized right now, but, uh, you know, honestly, like good pedigree and um, really, really high character, um, just, a, just a really nice hockey player. So I think, um, you know, he's another kid that uh, we want to just let him develop and take our time there, but um, where we got him, we're pretty excited. With 11 picks, I mean, two defensemen, I mean, how much did your depth chart in the NHL and what you have there and those guys being long, longer term, maybe play into, or were you just following your list? Mostly, I mean, following our list. Um, you know, I think you have to be careful of that, but, uh, you know, I think I said this last night, you know, you look at the 60 on our roster right now, they're young, so you do project out. These are these are defensemen that we, re that we really believe in and we want to build um, out moving forward. So you think about it, but, um, you know, it's just kind of how, how it falls. We want to uh, We want to be... Disciplined. We want to make the right decision based on the work that's done. Um, but the, the defense when we drafted, you know, we felt strongly about, and that's why we took him. Yeah, I, you, you might say it better than me, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we see a, uh, a high talent, um, big upside type of player. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to be excited about with him um, in, ter in terms of potential. Um, you know, similar to some of the stuff we talked about last year. We know that there's a there's a path that takes a while sometimes, but for us, and I talked to you guys about this before, is value. If there's a, if there was a player that we felt, you know, um, in a spot that was high value, we were going to make the pick, and that's what we did. Kevin, do you anticipate getting into the goalie market now for, for your NHL? Yeah, I think you know as we as we've gone through the uh, the off season, you know we have a we have a plan. Um, we're going to stick to our plan. Obviously, um, you know you can you can get uh, emotional or you can you can make quick decisions, um, and I don't think that's that's how we want to run our business. I think we want to be disciplined with what we do. I think we want to be intentional in how we do things. We want to have players that want to be here for the right reasons. That's why drafting is so important. You, you draft hockey players um, that you believe in, and then you develop those players, you retain those players, and that's how you build it out moving forward. Now, we'll, uh, you know, as we get into um, the next phase of this offseason, we'll look at all options, which you know, we'll continue to do um, right through. But uh, you know, feel good about where we're at. Do you think the teams are getting a little jittery in the goalie market I don't want to speak for other teams, but I, I think it's it's natural, right? Um, just to uh, you know have that feeling. Um, but I I really believe in being uh, disciplined and being patient and making sure that you um, calmly follow your plan 
And, um, you know, that's the work we've been doing that all along, having these conversations um, internally and options and prioritizing. So um, for me, it's just to make sure you stick you stick to what you're focused on um, and not get caught up in emotion or making a decision that maybe you would uh, regret down the road. How tough is that, though, because you clearly need one, it would appear. Well, I mean, I, you know, I think... Uh, I believe in the, the process we've gone through and will continue to go through. I believe in the, the people around me every day that I talk to and in our, on our staff um, and how we're doing things. Um, Craig Anderson, I, I said it yesterday and I'll say it again, it was a critical piece um, for, for me to get him back with our group, not just for how he performs on the ice, um, but how he, what he does every day in the locker room. You know, we feel comfortable with where he's at from a health standpoint. Um, but, you know, we're going we're gonna to continue to look at every single scenario, um, evaluate it, and do what we think is right. How do you feel about what's left out there at goalie when you look at kind of your list and the dozen of cells here? Well, we, uh, I, I mean, I think I look at it like you have to have a, a plan and you have to have a priority list. So you go through all those things. I've had a lot of discussions um, with teams um, about different options, you know, things that we think about, and then you kind of go through that list and check it off, and maybe some conversations pick up a little bit more, some go away. So, you know, we'll, we've had that, we'll continue to have that, and we'll look at, we, we know there's um, options available also if we decide to go that route potentially, so, um, but what we won't do is, is panic. Um, we will... We will do what we believe is right for this organization from the short and long term, um, and we'll be patient and calm, and we'll we'll do it. We'll do the right thing. Tom just said you might have more information on Johnson. Do you talk to his advisors? Yeah, so met with them yesterday, uh, and he's going to come to development camp, and then we agreed to kind of circle up right after development camp and just just uh, to have the next discussion. Does that mean he? Um, makes a step and you know turns pro potentially or goes back to school but we we decided to um, spend a little time during development camp together and then we'll see from there but the plan is for Eric to be at, at camp as well um, he has indicated um, you know things could always change but he's indicated all along um, since we first opened discussions that he he's preferences to go back to school and that's what he's at. so I don't think anything anything's going to change there but we're looking forward to seeing him next week All right, thank you. All right, that was Sabres general manager Kevin Adams following yesterday's day two of the NHL draft. We're going to take a timeout on the other side. Thad Brown going to talk some bills on the other side here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. We're going to bring you Thad Brown. He was on earlier this week. He's the sports director over at WROC-TV in Rochester. Bills camp getting back to Rochester this year. So that means our, our guest on the Western Hotline does not have to drive to Orchard Park every day to get to work. We are joined by Thad Brown, sports director, WROC-TV in Rochester. Thad, it's Howard and Jeremy. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. appreciate the time. Although you don't get to submit mileage either. So, uh, well, there's some good and some bad to that. Camp, camp hey, is... I, I, will, I will take the short drive, guys. I've covered the team for 22 years, and I've had a lot of time to think on the freeway. And one thing that occurred to me recently is that I've legitimately spent, like, 45 days of my life on the freeway. Not, like, just days, like, legitimate 24-hour periods. 45 of them in my life have been going between Rochester and Buffalo, on that dang road, so I'm happy I have three weeks off. And it's always 48 to 48A that's the str- the longest stretch. Oh, uh, no no cell reception, you know, just nothing but you and trees and zero wildlife and just trying to avoid cops, yes. Yeah, yeah the New York State through, we have such a scintillating drive. Oh, it's tr- thrilling. <laughs> so, I mean, there's just so, it's so exciting. So, anyway. Um, well, what about having camp back in Rochester? I, I, I assume the folks in the Rochester area, especially with all the buzz around this team, are, are excited to be able to see him at St. John Fisher again. Yeah, you know, and I'll tell you what, I've even been a little surprised at how, how excited they've been because I think, you know, leading up to, to 19 and 20, and, and if you want to go back even a little further when Sean McDermott first took over, I think there was a, a little bit of res- resignation in town that, all right, the Bills are building this brand-new facility. Most teams are going away from camp away from home so it's been a fun run but you know we, we love the bills we want to do whatever best for them and you know the fact that they're going to stay and, and seemingly not going to leave you know for any time in the you know, relatively near future i think people feel pretty proud about that that you know this isn't just about what's convenient or some contract it's about this is what the head coach of the Bills, sean mcdermott wildly successful and the team wants to do and, and obviously it's great for everybody here you know, to be able to, to not make the big drive, to, you know, be able to see the team in town, to, to say that, you know, we are a part of, of, of this season, even if we're the, you know, the very beginning non-wins and losses part of it. It is something that's pretty cool and, and a source of pride for this city. As you start thinking about some of the stories that, you know, you want to cover for your station when training camp begins, what are some of the 
the main questions on your mind, the main topics that you'll be looking to cover? I think who the slot receiver is going to be is one of the more surprisingly fascinating discussions on this team. I mean, you know, we already had Isaiah McKenzie coming back from last year. The team drafted Khalil Secure in the fifth round, and, 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 you know, he's very intriguing for multiple reasons. They brought over James and Crowder from the Jets, who I always liked. I thought he was a better player than Cole Beasley when both guys signed as free agents, you know, back three, four years ago. And I think when healthy, he can still play. And then out of nowhere, Tavon Austin was the star of minicamp, if there is such a thing. You know, so the, the Bills have a, 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 a surprising and astounding amount of options at that position. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if two or even three of these guys make the team. Um, you know, for a, a team that's bringing back so many good players and so many, you know, starters that you, I think you're pretty confident about who's going to be here and who's going to be there, you know, who can play this one position or this one role or maybe, you know, which more than one guy will fulfill that role, to me is one of the more fascinating parts. What about, uh, well, since you brought up the slot receiver, let's go to the bigger picture of the offense. What are your thoughts about, you know, what we might see? What are you thinking about with the changeover at offensive coordinator Dable out, Dorsey? And, of course, that's going to be a big story of training camp. Uh, what are your thoughts on what we might see from Ken Dorsey's offense? So far, it feels like they want to be more multiple. They don't want to, you know, last year their, their best formation was 11 personnel, one back, one tight end. You know, we're, we're, we're going to show something that looks – pretty obvious like a throw and we're going to throw because you can't stop us this year they went out and got a, a running back they drafted a running back who can catch in james cook they drafted a receiver who can run in shakir they added another tight end who can be on the field i really feel like they want to present formations that will not be as obviously run or pass most likely pass and and try and keep defenses guessing about what you know what the the lean is going to be play to play i mean there's still going to be a heavy pass offense they're just going to do it out of, out of many more different looks than they have in the past. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the best idea. You know, if you're going to put a guy like Cook who can do multiple things in the field, you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none type thing, you know, just because he's a running back who's a really good receiver for a running back doesn't mean he's necessarily a better option than Jameson Crowder, who's, you know, a pretty good receiver. So, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that goes. But that, to me, is, is what I think this offense is going to be, you know, try and mislead, try and confuse even at the end of the day, you know, the ball's going to be in Josh Allen's hands. That when you look at the uh, the defense, what, what comes to mind there? You've got the overhaul defensive line. You've got, of course, the, the big-ticket addition in Von Miller. Uh, Trey's injury, cornerback two. What are some of the, you know, maybe prioritize some of the stories you're thinking about on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, corner, cornerback is the priority because you want to see if Kair Elam can do it. You know, I think the feeling is, is that Tredavious White won't, you know, at best won't be 100% for week one if he's even on the field. So really probably story A is how healthy is Davis White, and then story A1 or B is, you know, can Elam play? Even if White is going to play, you know, you don't spend on a first-round pick on a guy just so he's going to sit behind Dane Jackson, you know, the first month or the first month and a half of the season. This is Elam's job to lose. Can he, you know, finish off and, and do what the team expects and, and win that second, first cornerback job, whatever you want to call it? And, and let's see what the Bills have corner-wise. Because, you know, if they go through training camp and Tredavis White's obviously not good to go or close to 100%, and Elam is obviously not prepared, you know, to play in the NFL, they're going to be in a world of hurt week one against the defending champs. So, you know, how fast that position and those two guys are ready to go, I think is the number one story. And I think number two, I want to see how the, the pass rushers not named Von Miller and Ed Oliver continue to develop. Because – 
if everybody's healthy, I think the Bills are fine at pass rush. Von Miller and whoever is probably fine, but especially, you know, Von Miller and Ed Oliver. The Bills lose one of those guys. You know, now you're talking about a situation where other opposing offenses can just say, all right, we're going to double the guy who's left, and I'm going to, you know, make do with whatever's left over on the Buffalo side because that group was not effective last year. And you got the youth in Rousseau and Basham and, you know, Epinesa. Can any of these guys develop? Can, you know, Tim Settle, who came over in that free agent contract, become a, a disruptive force as a pass rusher? Does Jordan Phillips or Shaq Lawson still have it? So, you know, what, what's the next guy down the list if something happens to Von Miller at Oliver at some point in the season? We're with Thad Brown, WROC-TV in Rochester. What about the – go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah. I was going to bring up, you know, you're talking about the world of hurt at cornerback, uh, Thad. Xavier Rhodes is a name. If, if they got to camp and things were looking not great, he is available. Um, and the Bills, you know, I found a stat. Nate Tice tweeted something out about how often the Bills use four defensive backs on the field. Last year, the Bills had 46 first and second down snaps with four defensive backs. No team in the NFL other than the Bills was under 100. The Bills had 46. Just the idea of like how often they play four DBs. Um, it, it, well, how, it, whatever. The idea is that they, they use so many guys. Dane Jackson, Kyer Elam, these guys will get an opportunity and will be called upon no matter what. And I, I do wonder if there's another guy in the mix when it comes to free agency. You know, you mentioned Tavon Austin, all the options that are out there at receiver and how that's crowded. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's one more name out there, one more body. I don't know that Rhodes is it, but the depth for this team, they, they might want to add a little more still. I agree with that. I think it's an option if things do go bad. I really have always liked Cam Lewis, too. I think he's a guy that can, you know, play in this league in short spurts. I mean, Cam Lewis, two years ago, was the nickel corner for a week, and then he got hurt, and then Taron Johnson became, you know, this great nickel that he's been the last, you know, year and a half, two years. And, you know, going back to that Nate Tice that I saw that, too. You know, what really that's telling you is that the Bills are one of the few teams in the NFL that will not use three linebackers ever. Yep. Taron Johnson is the third linebacker on the field, essentially, you know, 99% of the time. But, you know, at defensive back, yeah, there's a scenario out there where Trey White's not ready to go and Elam's not looking good where I would not be surprised to see them tab with Xavier Rhodes. I mean, this is the first time, you know, they haven't really brought in, I guess last year too, but they haven't really brought in a, an expert or a, an experienced guy at corner, you know, to kind of solidify the depth chart there a little bit. So um, I think it's definitely an option, and, and Rhodes would be totally fine with me. Since you guys are talking about Elam, what about the rookie class Thad, whether it's Elam or Cook, Shakir or Riza, who makes the biggest impact out of that group, do you think? I think Cook is the guy. You know, I, I think he's going to be a heavily used. Now, look, I don't, I don't buy into him much as a running back. I think he's just too small for that. At 190, you start looking back at, at the guys who played 190, it's, you know, that's your Darren Sproles type. These are not guys that are going to carry, you know, 10, 15 times a game. They're not, you know, first and goal to one kind of guys. But – as a receiver and what he could be for this offense. And again, going back to what I said before, what this offense will be, the extra dimension that he can open up. I mean, this is a guy that, that I think could easily have a big time impact, you know, when it comes to that passing game. I don't think he's like, he's not Travis Etienne. He's not changing the game like that, but he's going to get a lot of opportunity, a lot of snaps. He's a guy that I want to have not too deep down my fantasy roster, you know, so he's going to, have every chance in the world to be a, a factor in his passing game, in my opinion. A couple last things for you. One is a guy we were talking about in the first hour, 
the expectations are pretty high for Gabriel Davis, who we think is now going to step into that number two role. What are you expecting from him? What's fair to expect from him this season? I think he is going to have a tough time living up to what Bills Mafia think he's going to be. I mean, everybody's had that 200-yard, four-touchdown game in their heads, you know, for the last six months, and that's what we're expecting. And this is a guy that, you know, really hasn't been anywhere close to that for the duration of his career. I still think that there's a lot of potential there. I still think he's easily the wide receiver, too, and he'll be fine at worst in that role. But I think people look at him as, as a star, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, Eric Moulds, maybe down the road a little bit or a little lower at Lee Evans. And I think he's still a little ways away from that. Um, and, again, you know, when I think about what this offense is going to look like, I don't think it's going to lean on, you know, the last couple of years it was Diggs and Beasley pretty primarily and then, you know, John Brown to a lesser extent in 2019. I think this year it's going to be a lot lot more different guys, a lot more targets. I think O.J. Howard will be a factor. Like I said, Cooks will be in. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you've got McKenzie and Crowder and, and even Shakir who are, are, you know, all in the, the 25 to 45 target neighborhood to where, you know, Gabriel Davis, I don't think he's going to be a star. I wouldn't mind having him on my fantasy team, but I'm probably not playing him much. You know, I, I think he's still got some developing to do. It wouldn't stun me if he's great, but that's not what I expect this year. And, Tad, last thing, uh, although it's, it might not be as big a story as it could have been because he was there for mandatory minicamp, how do you think the Jordan Poyer contract situation plays out, if at all, before the season? And, and I guess I'll make it part of a, a two-part question. Do you think any of the Poyer, uh, Knox, I think Edmonds is the other guy, anybody gets an extension before the season begins? I think somebody will. I think just Brandon Bean's been pretty good at making those deals work and, and being able to put something together. I mean, he, he always says, look, you never know if it's going to be done until pretty much it is done. So I would, I would bet on somebody getting a contract. I don't think it's going to be Poyer, though. You know, I, I, my gut on Poyer is that he plays out the final year of his deal this year, and then he's somewhere else next year. I just don't think it makes sense where they are salary cap-wise, where they are in terms of where they're spending their money already. I mean, they've already got a big contract invested relatively in Micah Hyde and in uh, Matt Milano. You know, those are two generally, you know, not high leverage, not high spend positions. And if you're going to spend on Edmonds and Poyer in addition to those two guys, you know, with a quarterback that's on a big contract, that this doesn't make sense generally on how to build a, con- how to build a roster. I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's definitely not coming back. It's a, a 60-40 lean. But, you know, my gut right now is that Poyer – you know, wants to win a championship, respects what's going on here, is not going to, you know, slack off. But I don't think he's going to be in Buffalo next year. I think this is his last year in a deal, and then he goes find goes to find his big money somewhere else. Now, I'll let you in a little insight here, folks. Thad was kind enough to join us while on his way for a little morning golf today. Oak Hill, what, what are you, what are you, where are you headed? Center Point in Canada was a place. That, I can't just, you know, hop on Oak Hill every day. I know you guys <laughs> might think we can do that here in Rochester, but it's a little more select than that. Um, but no, this is a great place. I've gone here a lot of times. Um, uh, you know, fun little course down in Canada. A good round. It's raining though here. I Uh-oh. mean, usually what 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 happens here is in or what's happening there is an hour before what happens here. Is it raining in Buffalo right now? No. No, it's right, good. Yeah, it's looks nice and dry. Yeah. All right. Well, have fun and thank you for giving us some time this morning. We'll see you in uh, we'll see you in Pittsburgh at training camp. Yeah, glad to have you guys back in town. Maybe we'll get a round out here. A lot of places to play if you guys want to. Oh, yeah. The guy across the table from me will absolutely take you up on that offer. I I told him it's Rochester golf season once training camp rolls around. (laughs) (laughs) 
sounds good to me, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank Cheers, you. That Thad Brown, Sports Director, WROC-TV, joining us on the West Her Hop. All right, that was WROC-TV's Thad Brown. When we come back, you're going to hear from Sabres' first-round pick, Matt Savoy. That's coming up next here on WGR. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, final segment here of Sports Talk Saturday. Matthew Savoy, the Sabres' first overall pick, ninth overall in the NHL draft, speaking with the media after his selection. Thank you. So what was it like for you watching that chaos unfold and wait to hear your name called? Yeah, it was definitely uh, a bit of a hectic situation. You know, never been been through a, an experience like that before. But uh, you know, now now to see it come, finally come full circle, it's it's truly a blessing. I'm super excited to be a part of the Saber organization, and uh, you know, can't wait to get to work down there. What are you feeling right now? Just what are the emotions? Uh, just excitement for me. You know, I was a bit nervous coming into the day. Uh, it can you know be a lot of pressure at some times but you know now that now that you get finally picked and, and you have a destination i think uh you can really set your eyes on the on a goal and um really really start to get to work Brad, i know you had a lot of talk with them during the year during the combine what are your impressions of this organization what they're trying to build with so much young talent yeah i think you know it's definitely a first class organization uh they have a ton of good good young players good prospects um, and, and as well, good leadership, good good veteran guys. I think they're definitely moving in the right direction, and um, I'm really happy to, to be joining it. From your meetings, did you get a sense that maybe it could be the Sabres? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the meetings can be a bit tricky at times. Uh, they, they try not to give away too much, but you can definitely sense how it when a team likes you a little bit more than others. So I think my meetings with, with Buffalo went really well, and, um, you know, to be here, to be here today, drafted by them is is really exciting. Matt, congratulations! Uh, the question I wanted to ask you was, uh, you know, what was the impact that the Winnipeg Ice organization had on your uh, development and you know getting to this point? Yeah, the, the Winnipeg Ice had a huge impact. Um, you know, going there at such a young age, getting to practice with the 19 or 20 year old guys, being being a 15 year old was was so critical for my development. Um, you know, continuing to to push myself, play against the best competition possible. I think is is really what shaped the player I am today. How excited are you to be in the same organization with Dave Krebs? Have the spot of at some point, you know, being able to play the same team. Yeah, I got uh, got a few games in with Krebs when I was 15. Uh, roomed on the road together with him a couple times, so pretty familiar with him, and uh, really ecstatic to to you know re- reconnect with him and um, you know go down there and see him for sure. What kind of lesson will you take playing? Uh, he's a true pro. He, he always wants the best from his players. Uh, the mentality he brings to the rink every day, he's so dialed in, focused. I think it, it just wears off on guys uh, to be the best possible version of themselves and 
uh, really really focus on their goals. During the pandemic, going to the USHL, you know, when you get back to, to Winnipeg, I mean, what was it like just comparing where your game was at when you were first with Winnipeg and then where you were at this season? Yeah, I think uh, from a confidence standpoint, it just went went skyrocketed. Uh, you know, I felt more comfortable with the puck on my stick, felt more comfortable taking checks, um, you know, reading plays. So I think just growing as a player and getting older as a player was, was huge for me. And I think that's that's what allowed me to have a little, some success this year. Did you not, I mean, maybe not surprise yourself, but when you look down to that end of the season, the, the jump you made, Yeah, you know, growing up, I was always a really offensive, offensive-based player. Um, obviously, that first year in Winnipeg was a bit tough with with the scheduling and everything, and uh, only getting 22 games in. But uh, you know, I just took it as uh, as another way to keep improving, um, really put my head down and work. And I think I did a good good job of that in the USHL. Uh, I thought that was a really good development year for me. And coming back to Winnipeg, really had my my eyes set on having a strong you know draft season and. Uh, I think I did that. Where do we stand right now with the shoulder? Uh, the the recovery is fully done. Uh, the, medically, it's it's completely healed now. It's just getting strength back in it. Um, you know, continuing to to manage my workouts and making sure um, you know I'm not not pushing it too hard too soon. And uh, but from a medical standpoint, it, it's all good. Matt, you have the jersey on now, but clearly you had a fun suit on. What's the draft night story there? Yeah, uh, when I was ordering my suit, they, they asked what I wanted in the inside. They gave me, you know, a couple of options, and I just thought I, I wanted to pick what one of the coolest looking ones. So I uh, went, went with the Tiger one and uh, decided to stick with it. What, uh, have you been back on the ice yet? Uh, just briefly, one or two times, um, just, you know, to get the legs the leg back into it before, before camp here. But uh, looking forward to really getting back into the bulk of skating in, in July here. Do you think you've been participating in camp next week? Uh, I think that's a conversation that'll be had with with the management, but um, you know I'm looking forward to getting down to Buffalo for sure. Have you visited Buffalo yet, or spent any time I was there for the combine in uh, in early June, uh, but other than that, never really been to Buffalo or, or around the city. So excited to you know go explore and, and go check it out and see what it's like. Do you view yourself as a center or a wing? I mean, which one are you more comfortable uh, just through the time and through your development so far? I think uh, you know I, I leave that up to my coaches. I'm really comfortable playing both positions. The last four or five seasons, I've flip flopped consistently back and forth. So I think you know versatility in that sense is, is one of my strengths. Did you play mostly center last year, though? Uh, yeah, I played center for probably the first half of the season, and then for the second half of the season was rotating back and forth between center and wing. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. I'll back out for number 16. See you soon. That was Sabres first-round pick Matt Savoy. I'm Nate Geary. Big thanks to all of our guests today, Pete Smith uh, and, of course, Joe Yurden. I'm Nate Geary. We'll be back Monday morning, first thing, with Howard and Jeremy for the morning show here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.